0: Welcome to the podcast of Life Change Church, where we exist to love people to life change. We hope that this podcast is both challenging and encouraging to you. Enjoy the message. Good morning. Hey, we're so excited you're here. As you can tell, we are jumping into a brand new series entitled Red Letter Questions. And this is a series we're going to use to to lead up to our Easter services so just a just a reminder, Easter's a little later this year. It's uh April 21st. But well, mark your calendars down now. We're actually going to go and we're going to do three services where we're going to be celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. So three services on April 21st. So mark your calendars, and we'll have service times at 7:30, 9, and 10:30. And yes, I said 7:30. So that will be our uh, sunrise service. And I'll tell you what, that's a, an incredible time to get out here. If you've ever actually seen the sunrise on this property, it's incredible. It's amazing. So. If you are one that's an early riser, mark your counters. Make sure you're here at 730. If you're one that's maybe preparing Easter dinner, this will be a great time for, for you to get here. He come do church and then go prepare and, and celebrate Easter with your family. So again, we are, we're in a, a series and the next several weeks, we're in the series leading up to Easter where we're going to spend some time looking at the questions that Jesus asked. And you think about it. Questions are really, they're a powerful form of communication, right? See see what I did just there? Right? I asked a question. And the truth is we all use questions at, in different realms. right? We use questions to, to get answers. There's some things we just want a direct answer to. So what do we do? We ask a question to get to that point. There's other times we use questions maybe to, to get some directions or to get some guidance in our life. So we'll ask some questions to guide us. We'll ask some questions for directions. Guys, this is sometimes a little bit harder for us. But the truth is sometimes we have to put our pride aside and we have to ask those questions to get that right. There's other times we we ask questions to get to know someone. Right? We want to know somebody. We'll, we'll ask certain questions about who they are, where they come from. We'll ask questions about their background a little bit. Right now, my kids are in a first and kinder, first grade in kindergarten, so they're in that that phase of life where they're gaining new friends. So for us as parents, we often ask we ask questions about their their friends. We ask them how they're doing, what their friends are like. Like so, there's different um, there's different tiers and really behavior levels. There's the green, yellow, red at our school. So we ask questions like, hey, do they get on green a lot? That's the best. Like, we're hoping for them. We're hoping there's good influences in there, right? And then we'll ask questions about their parents because, of course, we're going to Facebook creep them later because we want to know a little bit about their background. So we ask questions to get to know people. I remember when uh, my wife and I first started dating, we we asked each other a lot of questions. We wanted to get to know each other. So we would ask certain questions. We'd ask different things. and But the real questions actually came when we met the families. Specifically, when I met her dad, right? Family, six years old at this time. Pick her up. I'll I'll, I'll meet her parents real fast and uh, we'll talk a little bit, and this will be great. 15 minutes in and out when they're on to our date. Little did I know that it was going to turn into a three hour interrogation, right? Uh, It was crazy. He learned a lot about me, but I learned a lot about him as well. I learned so much, so that I was thinking, like, dude, I don't know if this is really worth it. Like, I don't know if this is going to last. But then I thought, I put in three hours. I might as well call it. We're in now, right? Well, there's things that we just ask questions for. And really, questions, they're a powerful tool. Sometimes we even just ask questions to get a point across. We ask questions not really to get an answer, but more of it's a a rhetorical question, to get people thinking, to get people contemplating, to to really get people to to really begin to to stir some things up in their mind themselves. Questions are an incredible tool. And chances are, some of the greatest teachers you had in your life, some of the greatest influences that have really impacted your life, were people who asked really good questions. In fact, Jesus is known as one of the the greatest teachers. He's the greatest teacher to ever walk the planet of this earth. But Jesus was a master of questions. He was a master at utilizing questions, of asking questions. Now again, Jesus is really the answer to all of our questions, but he's the master at asking questions as well. In fact, if you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the Gospels are the account of Jesus' life, the account of Jesus' ministry from four different perspectives. And if you look at the Gospels, you see where Jesus asked tons and tons of questions. In fact, he even asked more questions than he was asked himself. If you look at it, the Gospels, they record 183 questions that Jesus was asked, that people asked of Jesus. But if you look at it, he himself asked 307 questions. 307 questions. In fact Jesus often answered questions with more questions He, he often flipped the tables and put it back on them. He really only directly answered about eight questions he asked. Clearly he preferred the power of questions. He knew the power of questions and he asked questions over and over again and here's what he knew. see he knew that information wasn't the goal but transformation. In our lives, information is not always the goal. In our spiritual lives, information is not the goal. You've met probably somebody that knew so many things about the Bible, but they never walked it out. They never lived it out. In fact, they often were very very repulsive to you because of that. Because information isn't the goal. Transformation is the goal. And transformation comes from questions. Transformation requires a journey, and questions lead to that journey. Transformations require a quest. And if you look at the word question itself, part of that word is question, right? Part of question is quest. And see here's what happens. Often when we just get answers, it closes the door. But a question opens the door up. See, an answer really leads to a conclusion. Whereas a, conc- whereas a question leads to an invitation. And Jesus is all about the invitation. Listen, if you're here today and you didn't know that, I want you to understand that Jesus is all about. The invitation. He invites each and every one of us to have a connection to God through him. He's all about the invitation. And he used questions over and over and over again to show this. He was the master of questions, right? So over the next several weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to dig into some of the questions that he asked. And if you look at your Bible and your Bible, there's these things that are red letters. Now, just so you know, those red letters are actually the words that Jesus spoke. So what I want to dig into is I want to dig in to the red letter questions in the Bible. and I want to dig at some of these questions that are that are really in depth, that are really powerful, that really smack you in the face that Jesus asked of his disciples, but he asked each and every one of us as well. And today what I do, want to do is I want to look at this question that he asked us, this question of longing, this question of purpose. And if you look through the Gospels, again, Jesus asked it in many different ways. There were some times where he asked the question, what are you looking for? There's some times where he asked the question in the form of, who are you looking for? But today what I want to do is I want to jump in and I want to dig into the first chapter of John, the Gospel of John, in verse 38, and look at how he asked the question in that passage of Scripture. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to John chapter 1, verses 38. And if you don't have a Bible, we always challenge you to download the YouVersion Bible app. Just an incredible resource to take with you wherever you go. That way you're reading the Bible every single day. And in the book of John, again, it's one of the four gospels, one of the four accounts of Jesus's life and ministry from these perspectives. And it's actually from the perspective of this guy named John. Now, John was one of the uh, disciples of Jesus. He was actually kind of in on the inner circle. He's about one of the three that Jesus kept close to him as well. So John got to see a lot of Jesus's life. And he's recording this, and he sees this question, this question of purpose, and he records it this way when Jesus asked this in John chapter 1, verse 38. Simply says, What do you want? Now, in a moment, we're going to jump into the context of the scripture. We're going to dig into really a lot of John chapter 1. But I want to think, I want us just to think about that question right now. What do you want? Like, that's a powerful question, right? That's a, that's a really a loaded question. It's a loaded question. It's chances are you probably asked somebody that question yourself. Chances are you might even asked yourself that question before. I mean, think about it. If you have kids, you've asked this question. If you have a spouse, you've asked this question. If you have a friend, you've asked this question. And again, it could have been surface level. Some things like, "Hey, what do you want to eat?" You're all hanging around. Like, "Hey, what do you guys want to? What do you want? What, what do you want to eat? Right? What do you want to do? Right? What do you? If you're with your kids, what do you want to play?" Right? We've asked this question very surface level and we can get specific and detailed to things that we do in everyday life. But the truth is it goes a little deeper too. I think oftentimes we, we ask ourselves this question, what do you want? And it goes a little more in depth. Really? What are we, what do we want? Where do we want to find purpose? Where do we find meaning at? And a lot of times I think we try to answer this question ourselves. Right? Do we want success? Do we want purpose in a in list of accomplishments? right? Do we want purpose? Do we want meaning? Do we want, do we want this acceptance, right? Do we want value? What are you looking for and what do you want? And this is a question of longing and the truth is it's a question we all ask. It's a question we all seek after the answer for, right? We look for the answer in different places. And again, we may look for it in in other places besides Jesus. There's times where we look for, for this answer in, and maybe our careers, right? We look for this answer, maybe our education, maybe our training, Maybe even the relationships of those around us. Maybe our status. Maybe our finances and, and what level we're at. We look for the answer in all these different places. But it's a question we all are faced with. And I want us to look at this from a different perspective today. I want us to look at this question with Jesus asking us this question. What do you want? See, Jesus is asking the people of his time, he's asking these disciples, he's asking these followers, these, these people, the Jewish people at this time, he's asking them this question because he knew that they were dealing with this longing. He knew that they were, that they were really wrestling with finding purpose, much like we like we wrestle with today. See, he knew that the people had this longing for completion, for purpose, and what they were really looking for was in the spiritual realm, they were looking for it in the fulfillment of the prophecies that were foretold 740 years prior. They were looking for this fulfillment of what they hoped for. So let's just jump back in. Let's look at the context of John chapter 1, starting at verse 19. It says, now this was John's testimony when the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him who he was. Again, for the Jewish people, what they were longing for, one of their purposes, what they were trying to seek after, they were trying to seek after the Messiah, right? They were longing and they were, they were fulfilling, longing for this fulfillment of these prophecies from years prior. And with that, though, came a lot of tension, especially for the religious leaders at that time, because they knew once the once these prophecies for, were fulfilled, the Jewish leaders at that time, their roles were diminished, right? Their social status would have been taken down to the next level. So the Jewish leaders at this time, really, they were kind of jealous about the things that could happen. So they were even opposed to Jesus. They were opposed to John the Baptist. And this is really the testimony of a guy named John the Baptist. And just a side note, John the Baptist the one who's talking here, is actually different than the author of this passage of scripture, right? John the Baptist, and then John the disciple, two different guys. But John the Baptist continues on, and it talks about his his really uh, confession here. It says, he did not fail to confess, but confess freely. I am not the Messiah. Verse 21 continues on, they asked him, then who are you? Are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. Are you the prophet? He answered, no. Finally, they said, who are you? Give us an answer to take back to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? Here's what's interesting. here. Here's these religious leaders. It's really the Pharisees that are trying to trap John the Baptist. And what's interesting is they're asking questions with the wrong motives. Their motives were completely off. Their motives were completely based on themselves and the religious leaders that sent them. And what they were doing is they were trying to trap John the Baptist. They were trying to confirm their own suspicions. They were trying to confirm their, their own opinions, their own bias. And what they were really acting out of and where their questions were based off was based off the jealousy of the Jewish leaders. Again, you look at some of the questions were actually good questions. They they're asking John the Baptist who he was, and those are good questions, but their questions were right the right questions with the wrong motives. And I think the truth is sometimes in our life we do this too. If we're honest with ourselves, sometimes I think our motives can be a little bit off. I think sometimes we ask ourselves questions based out of jealousy for others, based out, out of jealousy for, for what's going on around us, based off of what we think others think we should be. Sometimes I think our motives are off. And when our motives are off, when we ask this question, what do we want? When our motives are off, then what happens is, is we end up looking for purpose in all the wrong places. We look at for ending up and look at for fulfillment and really other things that God never intended us for. And for some of us, we look for that in, in our accomplishments, right? For some of us, we look at, at our, our fulfillment and our purpose based on comparison to others. We think, oh, well, I'm doing better than so-and-so. So then all of a sudden, we feel a little bit better about ourselves. And what that is, that's the comparison trap. And it is. It's a trap. It's a trap that causes us to miss out. It's a trap that causes us to miss out on what could be right in front of us. To miss out on maybe the signs that are that are right in pointing us to the true meaning of what life is all about. Where we should find purpose. Just like the priests missed out when they were questioning John the Baptist. And if you look at it, John the Baptist made it pretty clear who he was. And he made it pretty clear what his purpose was. He made it pretty clear what he was pointing to and what he was trying to do. I mean, check this out here in verse 23. It says, John replied in the words of Isaiah the prophet, I am the voice of the one calling in the wilderness. Make straight the way for the Lord. So here's John the Baptist, and he answers them. He answers them by quoting the prophet Isaiah, by quoting Isaiah's prophecy about God's comfort, coming back and comfort all people. Right? John the Baptist stated that he is the voice. He's the vehicle calling people back to God. Right? He's the vehicle to, to guide people back to God's comfort. And again, this is pretty clear. It doesn't get any more clear than this. And the priests, the Pharisees at this time, the religious leaders, they would have known about this prophecy. Right? They would have understood this. This would have been commonplace for them. So they knew this, but they were still missing it. And they were missing it because of their motives. Because they continued to question based on their own intentions. Based on their own jealousy. Verse 24, and it continues. You see the Pharisees continue to ask questions. It says this, Now the Pharisees, who had been sent, questioned him. Why then do you baptize if you are not the Messiah, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? I baptize with water, John replied. But among you stands the one you do not know. He is the one who comes after me the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. This all happened at Bethany on the other side of the Jordan where John was baptizing. I think this beginning portion of the scripture that's leading up to our red letter question, I think it's so interesting. Because I think if we're honest with ourselves, I think we find ourselves in the same place as the Pharisees. I think oftentimes we find ourselves in the same places as these religious leaders, where we're led by our own objectives. So much so that we're blinded to what's right in front of us. And what happens is when we do this, when we're led just by our own desires, it takes us down this unquenchable journey. It leads to this never-ending rat race where we're continually seeking after purpose, where we're chasing after really our own tails, looking to try to attain something that's unattainable in the in the realm that we're in. And if you look at the Pharisees, what they do, they continue just to ask questions. They ask questions after question after question. They got trapped in this loop of questions going in circles, never truly being fulfilled and missing out because they believed the lies that they were telling themselves over the truth that was right in front of them. I think for honest with ourselves. We do this. We do this too. I know I've done this in my life multiple times. Whether it's just some surface level things that maybe God's trying to deal with. Right? There's some things that, that maybe might be right in front of me that I need to work on, and I, I look at it, and, and instead of accepting it, what I do is I ask questions. I ask why, how, why why now? Like, when, when do you want this done, God? Like, why do you want to do this, right? I think we do this with many parts of our lives. Right? It could be right in front of us, but we continue just to ask questions rather than to accept the heart of truth. I think we can do it with bigger things, too. I know for me, I, I did it with my purpose as well. For a while, I'll just be honest, I, I, I tried to run from what I thought God was calling me to do. I knew I was called to, to pastor, even plant a church, but I ran from it for a while. I ran from the ministry. I ran what God was wanting me to do with my life. See, I was a youth pastor for two years, and then after those two years, I, I ended up resigning and, and kind of quitting. I felt like I was a little bit burnt in there, so burnt in the ministry. So I just decided to, to go and, and just work, at, work in the workplace, right? and, there, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of us are called to do that. But for me, that I wasn't finding fulfillment in there. So I went eight years where I was just grinding and grinding and grinding. Running from God. I had people ask me, Hey, Corbin, when are you going to get back in the ministry? And I just laughed, brushed them off, like, Nah, that's not for me, man. Then they're done that, not going to do it again. I'm out. But God continued to put it in my, put it right in front of me. But I continued to question, like, God, why would you do that? I don't want to go back to that. I don't, just let me make more money here. It'll be fine. Maybe, maybe that's what you're calling me to do is to, to make a bunch of money and provide for my family. Again, nothing's wrong with that, but it wasn't what God called me, and I was running from it, and I felt completely unfulfilled. So one day I had to answer the call. To one day, I finally had to, instead of asking questions and going in circles, I had to answer. I think the truth is, it's the same for all of us. Some of us were running from what God's calling us to do. Some of us were running from what God has us and where we can find fulfillment. And the only thing we can find fulfillment is in Him, and we're running, and we keep asking questions, going in circles and circles, because, because the truth is, we have the wrong motives, and because of what we're missing. The truth is, sometimes the what's right in front of us, what God has for us, is hard to see. And it's even harder to do. It's even harder to live out. In our financial life, some of us, we might be struggling. Maybe God's just calling us to trust him a little bit more. Maybe God's calling us to give. Maybe God's calling us to to do this crazy thing called a budget. But there's hard truth to that, right? Because it takes discipline. It's uncomfortable. So what for us, many of us, it's easier just to ask questions. Say, man, why can't I catch a break? Why are so-and-so so so blessed? Why can't I have what they have? And what that is, it's a trap that we fall into that causes us to miss out on who God is. For some of us in our relationships, our next step and the truth that's right in front of our our faces is the fact that we need to forgive somebody. But instead of doing that, instead of accepting that hard truth, we just ask, why? Why did they treat me this way? Why am I always going through this? Why isn't so-and-so? Why don't they deal with this? Why does it seem like everything's great for them? Right, and we get caught up in this, and it's a destructive cycle that leads to frustration, and it leads to us missing out. Listen, if you look at the Pharisees, right, the religious leaders, they're the ones that missed out. All throughout the Gospels, you see them, you see them on the wrong side of Jesus. Right? It wasn't the tax collectors. It wasn't the prostitutes. It wasn't the low of the low that were on the other side of Jesus. It was the Pharisees. It was the religious leaders. It was the ones who had the wrong motives. Is the ones that were trying to fix themselves and chase after their own desires and to place them above Jesus, right? And they missed out. They missed out because of it. And check out what they missed out on. Verse 29. It says, the next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him. But the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. Then John gave this testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, The man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one whom will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. This is who Jesus is. And this is who the Pharisees missed out on, and this is what we can miss out on as well when our motives aren't correct. If you look at the Pharisees, they missed out on the one whom the Spirit came down from heaven. They missed out on the Lamb of God. And the Lamb of God, yeah, it may sound like a churchy word, it may sound like a biblical word, and it is. But what it is, it's describing the power of who Jesus is. A lamb was used as a sacrifice for sins. A lamb was used as a sacrifice so that people could, the Israelites could be connected back to God. And God gave us his son to be the lamb of God the ultimate sacrifice for each and every one so that we could have a relationship with him. And God sent his son to live a perfect life, die on a cross him, and then be resurrected so we could be connected with him. Right? That's who Jesus is. And that's who we can experience. We can experience the ultimate sacrifice. The one who takes away sin. The one who can overcome guilt. The one who can overcome shame. The one who can take our disgrace and give us grace. Instead, the one who forgives. We can find purpose in him. We can find purpose in the one who baptizes us with the Holy Spirit. Meaning we can be immersed in his power. We can be immersed in his comfort. We can be immersed in his encouragement. We can be immersed in his peace. Imagine that. Imagine finding purpose in that. And that's who Jesus is. And understand, this is just the beginning. Like This whole entire passage of Scripture that we're studying is the beginning of Jesus' ministry according to the Gospel of John. Right? This is just the beginning, and it wasn't only John that got to experience it. There was other disciples as well, and it's open for us as well. Check this out in verse 35. It says, The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus, turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, here's the question, what do you want? What do you want? Jesus knew that they're longing for something. Jesus knows our longings. Jesus knows our desires, and he's asking us, what do you want? Again, for the disciples, this is a question that they ask themselves so many times. The truth is, it's a question we ask ourselves so many times as well. But it takes on so much more meaning when Jesus asks it. For the disciples, they knew. They knew that they wanted to experience him. They wanted him. They wanted to experience the Lamb of God. At that moment, it wasn't about religion. It wasn't about status. It wasn't about position. It wasn't about any of those things. It was about him. So today, I want to challenge us to look at this question. To look at this question from a different light. I want us to experience Jesus asking us this question. What do you want in your life? What do you want? What are you looking for? Who are you looking for? And to do that, here's what we need to do. To experience Jesus asking us this question, to experience Jesus through this question, number one, what we need to do is we need to follow. It all starts by following Him instead of chasing after our own motives, instead of chasing after our own desires, we've called to, to follow him. Again, if you look at the Pharisees, throughout the gospels, throughout the story, throughout all of this, you see the Pharisees chasing after their own motives. And because of it, they missed out. But you see the disciples chasing after Jesus. Again, these two disciples. Jesus asked them, what do you want? Because they followed him. See, when they heard that he was the Lamb of God, they ultimately, they automatically just followed him. Verse 37, it says, when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Will you follow him? Meaning, will you go behind him? Will you place him first in every area of your life? Again, this goes back to our last series where we talked about the vow. We talked about taking the vow of priority in our life. Will we place God first? then our wife second, then our family, then everything else, right? Will we do that? Will we place God first, placing him above everything else, showing that we're following him, right? Will we make time to spend with him? Will we pray, talk with him first, right? Prayer is just that. It's where we talk with him. It's where we spend time listening to him. And to listen to him, we have to understand his word, which means that we actually have to open up the Bible, right? Again, this is why we push the Bible app every single week, because we want you reading it not just on a Sunday morning, but every single day. Were you placing him first, putting the word before him, putting the word before you so that you understand what his will is, what he wants for you, right? Will you do it before you even open your email? Will you do it before you open a text message, before you open up Facebook or Instagram, right? Will you do it? Will you live it out then, right? Will you open it up and then will you live it out? Following him means that we're living out what we're learning, right? Take, take a step each day that we read the Bible, take an application point and then begin to live it out and then surround ourselves with people. Surround ourselves with people leading the same. way. Listen, this is why we do church. Right? The church isn't just the four walls. The church isn't just the service on the, and the hour and 15 that we spend every Sunday morning. Like, yeah, that's great. That's good. But the truth is the church is the relationships that we want you to build. The church is the body of each and every one of us that we can grow closer together, that we can do some incredible things, and that we're lifting each other up, encouraging one another, praying for one another. Listen, a great part of this is life groups. If you're not in a life group, it's, a, it's an incredible step. There's some amazing things going on in our life groups right now, and we're getting ready to start some other ones. And really what it is is a chance to do life with each other and do life that points to God, do life that leads us to following him. Listen, if you want to be a part of the church, listen, I'll challenge you. Jump in. Utilize it to allow you to follow him. Next week we have what's called the Discover class, a great way to learn more about how to be a part of it. And if you've been here for for years, maybe you've been here since we started, but you've never gone through Discover, listen, go. Come be a part, learn about it. Learn how that you can, you can uh, allow him, allow others to uh, allow you to, to follow him. Number one is to follow. Number two is to obey. After Jesus asked the two disciples, he said, where do you want? What do you want? They replied with a question. Where are you staying? Jesus says, where, what do you want? And he says, where are you staying? Showing and reiterating that they're following him. But then Jesus replied in verse 39. He says, come, he replied, and you will see. Right after that, he gave them a command. He gave them a command to come. And really, this is an option. A command is an option. It gives us the decision to make. But they experienced Jesus because they chose obedience. They chose to follow him. They chose to go with him. And for us to experience all of who Jesus is, to us to truly find purpose, we have to choose to obey. We have to choose obedience. And listen, when I say obedience, it's not a list of don'ts, but it's more a list of do's. It's more of a list of of next steps. More of a list of of where we're going to step out in faith and continue to step out in faith. Continue to take that next step. So think about it. What's your next step of obedience? Where is Jesus asking you to come? Where is he asking you to go? See, chances are you probably know this already. Chances are you've probably been felt felt led to to do something. You've been felt led to say something. You've been felt led to to go somewhere, whatever it is. But the question is, are you obeying? Are you obeying? What's the last thing that you felt you're supposed to do? And did you carry it out? For us to experience Jesus, For us to experience our purpose, we have to obey. We have to walk in obedience. And it's a step that we take every single day, every single moment. It's a step that we have to say yes over and over and over again. It's the consistency of saying yes to Jesus. When we say yes to Jesus, that means we have to say no to some other things. That means we say no to some other people around us. That means we say no to some of our own desires. That means that we say no to certain things that are around in our culture and in our environment. To say yes to Jesus means we say no to something else, but we have to say yes to Jesus each and every moment. And here's what happens. Every moment we say yes, we get another opportunity to say yes. Every step of obedience we take leads to another step of obedience we're allowed to take. And here's what's crazy. Each step, you grow in faith. You grow in maturity. You grow in your purpose with Jesus. See, I think some of the most mature Christians aren't necessarily the ones that have been living the longest. Right? Some of the mature Christians aren't, some aren't necessarily the ones that have been Christians the longest. It's the ones who've taken the most steps of obedience. We're called to obey. And when we obey, we truly find our purpose. So, for you, what, what's your next step? Chances are you probably know it. Now it's time to do it. Maybe it's in your finances. right? Maybe for your next step, maybe it is that budget. Guess what? Do it. Maybe it's to give. Do it. Take a step. Maybe it's to serve. Do it. Maybe it's to forgive somebody in your relationship. Whatever it is, do it. Right. Become obedient and follow through. Follow through over and over and over again. And number three, we have to tell. We have to share what we experience. We have to share who Jesus is. right, listen, what happens here shouldn't just stay here, right? What happens here in our hearts shouldn't stay here as well. We need to share it. We need to tell about who Jesus is. We need to tell about what he's doing in our lives. We need to tell that he's the Messiah. We need to tell others that he's the Lamb of God, right? We need to tell others that he's the forgiver of sins and that he's forgiven us, which means that we need to share our story. For some of us, we're so afraid of our, sh- our stories. For some of us, we're embarrassed by the things we've done in the past. But understand this. He's greater than any of those embarrassments. He's greater than any of those sins. And he wants us to tell his, our story so that we can show how amazing he truly is. Listen, we've got some amazing testimonies in this church. And the truth is, some of them are just beginning. We need to tell about it. Verse 40 in chapter 1 of John continues on. It says, Andrew... Simon Peter's brother was one of the two who had heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Peter. This is an incredible portion of the story. Because if you look at it later on, Jesus told Peter that he would be an integral part of the beginning of church. In fact, in Matthew chapter 16, verses 18, it says, I tell you that you are Peter. This is Jesus talking. He says, I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. it.' Listen, we are here today because of Peter. Peter's one of the ones that was incredible in starting the church and starting the, and, and bringing the followers of Jesus together, and we're here today because of that. We're here today because of Peter. And Peter was in existence because Andrew was willing to talk about it. Because Andrew was willing to share. Because Andrew was willing to tell. Our purpose is to share and to tell what God is doing in our life. Listen, understand this. Your entire purpose may be less about what you do and more about who you invite. Right? It may be less about what you do and more about who you bring. Maybe less about what you do doing and more about who you raise up. I don't know if you noticed this, but there's some incredible things going on right here at church. And God is doing some just amazing things that can only be described by the power of the Holy Spirit and the fact that he's present here every single day. We've seen new people in and out each and every week. And if you're new here, man, we love you. We're so excited you're here. But we're seeing this because people are inviting, because people are sharing, because people are telling. Right? In fact, let me just brag a little bit. Adam. Dude, last couple weeks, last few months, Redder, Adam's right here. He's been newer here maybe in the last six months, but he's brought so many people. It's just crazy, right? Hey, fact, I mean, if you look over, it's over and over every week he's bringing new people. you same thing. You're new here as well. And you just continue to bring people. We want to celebrate that because that's amazing. And what it is, it's living out your purpose for God. It's what we're called to do. The Great Commission says, go and make disciples. That's about who we, inv- who we invite, who we bring, who we share, who we tell our story with. And when we start doing that, we experience more of him. We begin to become fulfilled in the purpose that he truly has for us. Jesus is asking, what do you want? He wants you to find purpose in him. And it comes from who do we tell? So think about it. Who will you tell? Who will you invite? This week, I want to challenge you. And over the next few weeks, I want to challenge you. In fact, my archers are, are ready. We have cards ready for them. But I want to challenge you to invite people And right now is like the perfect time to invite people. As we're heading up to Easter, as we're heading up to Easter, people are expecting and wondering what they're going to do for Easter services. This is why we're adding an extra service, but we want you to invite them. So think about it. Think about who you can invite, who you could share and tell your story. with. In fact, we have five weeks coming up to Easter, so I want you to think about five families that, that don't go to church, that maybe don't know Jesus. Think about them. Begin praying about them. Then invite them. Tell them what God's doing in your life. And listen, we give you this card. Just invite them. Give them a card and bring them. Five families. Start praying for them. Start sharing with them. Start telling and invite. Tell others. What do you want? In our lives, I think this is a question that we all ask ourselves. And Jesus asks us the same question as well. Do you want to find purpose? Do you want to find meaning in your life? Do you want to experience him? Do you want to experience the Lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice? Do you want to experience forgiveness and freedom? Do you want to experience power? Do you want to experience comfort? Do you want to experience his teaching? Do you want to experience his peace? What do you want? And understand this. You're the only one that can answer this question. You're the only one that can answer this question for you. And you have to answer each and every day. Each and every moment. Truth is, I think sometimes we get stuck in our spiritual lives. We get stuck in life sometimes because we're not willing to answer the question. It's time to answer the question. I want to challenge you in our lives, in our spiritual lives, not to live life aimlessly. There's an old story that tells of a a rabbi living in a Russian city over a century ago. Kind of kind of worked himself into a funk of life where he really had, had this lack of direction, had this, this lack of, of life purpose. So one night, as he was pondering on life, he began to wander just through the chilly Russian evening, and he's walking through there with his hands in his pockets, just walking through the empty streets, just questioning everything that's going on in his life, questioning his faith in God, questioning the scriptures, questioning his call to ministry, questioning his call to life, questioning everything. In fact, the only thing colder than the Russian winter air was really the chill within his soul. He was just plagued by this despair. And he was wandering aimlessly through the streets, so much so that he ended up just wandering into a a military compound that's off-limits to civilians. As he walked in there, a Russian soldier saw him, shattered the silence of the evening chill, and says, Who are you, and what do you want? As the rabbi heard this, he began to think about his life. And he looked back at the Russian soldier and said, Listen, listen. How much do you make each year? The Russian soldier was stepped back. But the rabbi said, I'll pay you that exact amount for you to ask me that question each and every day. So that I don't walk aimlessly through life anymore. The truth is, some of us just need to open up our ears. We need to realize and place Jesus right in front of us so that we're following him, so that we can hear him say, What do you want? And then we can answer it every day. And we can experience him. By following him. By telling others about him. And by being obedient. What do you want? If you would, pull out your response card in the seat back in front of you. Maybe here today and maybe what you want is to take that first step to follow Jesus. Maybe you never made that commitment. Or maybe you did, but you walked away. Listen, I want to give you an opportunity. I want to give you an opportunity to commit to him. And what you can do is on that on that connect card, just simply take that and check mark the first box that says, I want to make a commitment to follow Jesus. And then receive Him in as your Lord and Savior. Receive His forgiveness for your sins and begin to walk that out. Maybe here today, maybe God's asking you to do something else. Maybe for you, maybe, maybe you follow Jesus. Maybe you made the commitment before, but you're kind of, you're following Him at a distance. Maybe you're looking to your own path and you're ready to steer off. Maybe God's saying, you know what, it's time to step a little bit closer and follow me. Maybe for you, maybe it's a a step of obedience. Maybe there's something that God's been calling you to do. Maybe for years. And maybe because you haven't said yes yet, maybe you're walking in frustration. Maybe it's time to go back to that and say yes. So that he can give you the next step. So that he can give you the next place where you can walk in obedience. Here's what I know. Oftentimes we we want what's up here. But to get there, we have to take multiple steps. God usually doesn't give you the giant leap. He gives you one step of obedience here, one step of here, one step of here, one step of here. And to get to here, we have to say yes to here. Maybe for you, maybe God's asking you to say say yes to that step of obedience. Maybe God's asking you to share your story as well. Maybe that's where you are. Maybe God's telling you to, to tell a little bit about About who he truly is in your life. Maybe that's embarrassing to you. Maybe there's some parts of that 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 you don't necessarily want to come out, but guess what? God is bigger than all those parts. And maybe for you, it's time to share it. Because the truth is, there's somebody that's going through something that you've gone through, and they just need to know that they're not alone. They need to know that there's hope on the other side, and God wants to use you to do it. Whatever that is, I want to challenge you to write that down and begin to live it out. There's also a place for prayer requests as well, where we love to partner with you in prayer. So if you would, take this moment to fill this connection card out. And again, these are super important to us as it's our way to track with you, our way to journey with you, our way to pray with you throughout the week so that you know that you're not alone. Like We want to be a part of this life with you. If you would, take this moment to fill that out and any tithes or offerings. And Daryl will be up in just a moment to explain the next steps. Thank you for listening to the Life Change Church Podcast. If you were here today and you were listening and you made a decision to follow Christ, we would love to hear about it. Or maybe you're here and you're listening and that God is asking you to make the next step with whatever that it is in your life. We would love to hear about it and partner up with you. If you would, go to www mylifechangechurch.com and under the media section, please fill out the contact us information and let us know if you made a decision to follow Christ. Let us know what God is asking of you. And if you need prayer, we would love to partner up with you in prayer as well. We hope that you enjoyed the podcast and that it both encouraged and challenged you have a great week.